still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, two weeks off, how are you? Really good, thanks. Yeah, I've um, uh, well and truly recovered from the old uh, Rona that I had um, over over the new year um, and very excited to be back with you boys on this uh, this rainy uh, January Tuesday evening and um, joining me and Tom today is uh, Charlie Charlie I don't know why we keep bringing you back um, with the results you've been bringing us this season but um, I guess it's a welcome back yeah well I suppose so but uh, yeah I, I, uh, I'm not feeling too hopeful uh, that things will change uh, this uh, this coming weekend with, with the results I've managed to bring to the podcast but um, uh, I'm back as ever uh, to, to look at you two ugly boys uh, especially you Tom not too sure um, if you've uh, if you've actually recovered from coronavirus or not because those eyes are very sunken and you're looking very pasty right that is it get him off the podcast hang on <laughs> I think I'm, host, I'm host of this Zoom call aren't I um, not, not, not looking my best. It's always a nasty shock when, um, when you open the, the the Zoom call on a on a on a Monday evening. The week, the, the Tuesday evening. The weeks are feeling feeling very long. But um, well, I was going to say, Charlie, you you and uh, you and G were were on the the our Bristol Bears um, equivalent. Uh, so hopefully you've managed to to bring some of your bad luck to to them um, b- before Friday night as well. Yeah, we can expect a draw on the weekend then. <laughs> Yeah, so what Tom's alluding to is me and Charlie um, a few days ago now were on the Bears Beyond the Gate podcast, uh, which is a Bristol Bears podcast by the fans, for the fans, something which, uh, yeah, they stole from us. So, um, yeah, if you want to go and check that out, then please do. I think we're on uh, on 39 minutes in their latest episode. So fast forward all of the, the jibber jabber about the second rate Southwest team get to us and then um, hit unsubscribe if you want to hear that but we are going to talk more about that game at the end of this podcast Um, but after two weeks off there's plenty of news to get to Tom Um, so let's get to it Uh, and you mentioned there that you've fully recovered from your uh, bout of coronavirus over the new year Um, but it was. Uh, it, it looked as though there was a, a, an outbreak at Farley House on the 19th of January. Um, there were 19 positive tests uh, at Farley House for the Bath players and coaches. It was then identified as six closed contacts. Uh, the training ground was shut and obviously deep cleaned. But then the next day, Bath were informed of a clerical error by Radox, the uh, company that does the um, the testing. But it was actually only one positive test um, however full contact training is only resumed today Tom Tuesday as we record with Bristol play, uh, upcoming on Friday how big uh, 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 how costly an error is this going to be to Bath's chances well I think you, you might have hit the nail on the head there I mean if if Radox are in charge of um, in charge of doing the testing rather than their normal kind of shampoo and, and other products then um, I think that could be the reason why they were 989 or something positive tests um and only two in in reality i think the um the the i was hoping you were going to team me up with ramdox um so that i could uh you know make the i've been planning after your comments on the the bristol 
uh, podcast with Pat Lamb and, and potentially call it Lamdox. Um, but but yeah, as I say, absolute um, mess, absolute car crash, to be honest, by the sounds of it. Um, and what, what gets me, as you say, is, as someone who, who's, who's had it, is that, you know, of the 19 of them that got positive tests, surely someone um, smelt a bit of a rat um, when none of them um, or anyone who'd been in close contact was, was presumably showing, um, showing any symptoms at all. Um, uh, so, yeah, very, very strange situation. I don't think uh, Prem Rugby um, could have sunk much lower in many uh, rugby fans' estimations, but they, they seem to have managed to have, to have done so with this latest um, with this latest situation, yeah, definitely. The words the words "piss up" and "brewery" jumped to mind, uh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but then again, maybe Bruce Craig just just wanted Farley House deep cleaned. I mean, <laughs> Gabriel, you and I were both there when uh, when we were interviewing Charlie Yules and his his new puppy. He just decided to relieve himself in the corner of the of, of the media room. So uh, uh, that that might be a spot that that, that actually got cleaned this time. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, little, uh, little, little, little seventy-two hour uh, corporate function, a uh, bit of a booze up with uh, James Dyson and his mates. <laughs> if you're blaming Bruce Craig, I'm definitely blaming Pat Lamb. This has got his fingerprints all over it. You know, what do they say? If you can't beat SG, so I, I can't help but thinking that the the Bristol DOR has got um, something to say behind the scenes. But um, you never know, boys. It, it may actually have a, a kind of galvanising effect on the club. Uh, and on, on the players, I think we'll talk about it a little bit more uh, in our preview. But, you know, on a serious note, when Bath have come up against clubs that have had genuine COVID outbreaks, such as Leicester Tigers and Scarlet, it's almost felt like it has had that galvanising effect on those clubs. So maybe we'll see that on Friday. And I think also it's important to to say on a serious note again that um, it's it's a relief that that they're all okay I think you know Tom having had it yourself I think you can kind of testify to the fact that not only is it pretty grim when you're having it but can have sort of some sort of long-lasting um lethargic effects yeah it's, it's definitely not pleasant and obviously you know these guys are all very fit healthy and, and strong unlike myself so they're probably less likely to be to be affected but you never know they could take it home to to families or people they live with so um, yeah, it's obviously positive. I think you might be clutching at straws a little bit, G, um, with the with the kind of galvanising effect. How much do we know? How much training we we would have actually missed then? So um, was so it? The, it was announced on January nineteenth. Nineteenth. So yeah. that's when they all were sent home to isolate what was thought to be for ten days, um, and we were back in contact training today, the twenty sixth. So that's a full week missed. Now, obviously, if we had played, so we've had these two weeks off. So if we had played uh, this weekend, say we played on Sunday, then we'd probably only be starting contact training again on Tuesday. But I think what we have missed out on is this enforced break by the European games being cancelled. We've missed out on that opportunity. You know, I said on our last podcast after the defeat to Wasp that I wanted two weeks of uh, pure restart practice. Well, you know, I hope that's only we've only been able to have one week of that. So I guess, you know, it has had an impact in that sense. Yeah, I think one one of the points that Stuart Hooper made as well was uh, this was when the um, you know the fixtures were cancelled. Is that it's okay having a bit more time off, um, but you really want to kind of know about it and be able to plan. So obviously this would have been kind of enforced there and then. They would have had their training plans all you know meticulously um, uh, scheduled. And so for for you know for Prem Rugby to turn around that particular day and say right the club's got to be shut, everyone's got to go home. 
I think that does have um, a disruptive impact um, on on kind of that 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 plan that's made. Um, but like you say, obviously um, crucial that we had the the extra week, um, and, and ultimately we haven't forfeited a game, um, you know, through through tests that were false positives. Mm. But Charlie, forfeiting a game and getting two points, not to get too well, deep yeah. into the Bristol preview, may not be the end of the world. <laughs> I don't really want to say that, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, when when it was first announced, I was thinking, well, maybe at least we'll get some points from this game. But uh, I guess uh, I guess we're going to have to rely on your optimism, as always, Gabriel, to, uh, yeah. to try scrape something from the game. But yeah. uh, And we will get to that, as I say. Um, we will preview that game at the end of the podcast. And uh, just as a little teaser, I'm in optimistic spirits about the game on on Friday night so um stay tuned for that but as I say lots of more news to get to um, gee, the only well gee I, I was gonna I was gonna um say one last thing on this maybe segue you on we've heard a lot about the new South African strain of of COVID um maybe that was embodied in Tian Schumann who um came over um I don't even think from South Africa to be honest but he is South African um came over um on January the 6th isolated and then joined up with the squad so um that was one of my first thoughts has he brought over the new strain and um and and and, uh, and passed it to everyone around Farley House but um yeah finally some news on the fly half front boys oh Tom I'm gonna pack my bags and log off this wow. zoom call because my presenting my presenting no longer needed after that beautiful segue two, two weeks of prep <laughs> two weeks of prep but yeah as you say Tom the um the the well-rumored well-reported uh story that Tian Schumann would be Bart's next fly half was confirmed by the club earlier this week now Tian arrived on the 6th of January um into the country and then obviously had 14 days isolation so he completed that on the 20th uh, and then joined up with the squad presumably uh, you know, so the twentieth was when the COVID outbreak happened. So presumably, once that was all cleared, he joined up with the squad. Um, Charlie, I, I kind of assume that you haven't watched a great deal of this guy prior to the signing, but of this small clips that I'm sure you've you've watched since, what do you make of of this signing? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's happy. Uh, we well, obviously, I'm happy that we've got a third ten in the well. A second ten in the squad, actually, because uh, Orlando Bailey's still in still in the academy. Um, um, I'm, I'm 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 excited to see him in a Bath shirt. Hopefully, he can he can he can bring some exciting attacking rugby to uh, to a team that has struggled on that front. Um, be interesting to see where he eventually settles in the pecking order. Whether Stuart Hooper does see him being uh, being. The number one ten we've got in the squad, or if he's going to sit on the bench behind Reese Breesland, I'm, I'm I'm not quite sure. Uh, I mean, there's lots of rumours of of, of Reese signing um, uh, signing a contract back in Wales next season. So uh, I, I would hope that he's he's actually going to be put in ten jersey rather than the twenty two jersey, if you get what I mean. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know a great deal about uh, about the guy, but. Um, uh, I've, I've seen a few clips of him, uh, of him, uh, you know, opening up some defences, and hopefully we can see some of that in a, in a blue, black, and white jersey. Yeah, I, I don't watch um, watch any Pro 14 either. I don't think anyone in um, any of the nations involved does as well. Uh, but um, from from um, from what I've seen, and I've, I've now, I've you know, in the last couple of weeks, not had too much to do, so I've uh, I've watched, I think, every YouTube video I could find about this about this guy. Um, and I don't know what, what you guys thought from looking at the clips. 
Um, but a few observations, few observations I had. So he's a he's a big guy. He's he's listed as ninety four kilos, but um, it it seems like he seems like he might be more than that. Um, he's very comfortable running straight at defenses, um, ball in hand, and he's always very keen to try and get through the contact and and offload. Um, kind of a little bit Butch James, I guess, mm. in, uh, in 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 that respect. Um, he's very, very different from Reese Priestland, who will take the ball quite deep and will, you know, look to distribute or look to kick. Uh, so I think that um, it is a little bit of a, you know, a, a stark difference. We've definitely not signed a like for like to to do the same job as Priestland. Um, and you know, I think I'm 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 like any Bath rugby fan, keen to cling on to any hope that the the club will will give me. And I think that Hooper so far, recruitment wise, um, has been has been really positive. You know, Ben Spencer, Cam Redpath. Um, the two highlights so I'm willing to, to give him a chance he's not rushed this decision that's one thing we can certainly say um, so I'm, I'm definitely willing to, to, to give this guy a chance and Charlie I completely um, agree with you that you know it seems like Preston's going to re-sign for, for Cardiff with you know with, with Welsh ambitions that he's still got um, so I'm, I'll be very yeah right, rightly or wrongly G but you know um, he's under the 65 cap mark so um, it seems like he's going to go back to Wales if that happens I, you know I'd really like to see them look forwards and throw this guy the, the mantle um, as soon as possible, really. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because this, you know, signing a fly half seems to have been an ambition for the club since we started doing this podcast. And even before then, I think ever since it was almost um, in their minds that Freddie Burns wasn't going to be that guy, they kind of looked to sign uh, uh, someone. Uh, and so many big names have, have been reported, you know, Pollard, Cruden, countless big names and scum and and Hooper said in his uh, press release that of all the options considered during our scouting and recruitment work T and showed to have attributes both as a person and player to be a success so of all the options all of those options Cruden Pollard um, Anscum, Carter. Carter anyone this is the best option guys so um, if that's to believe then we've just signed an absolute world beater I think there's the word maybe available missing <laughs> Uh, in brackets <laughs> of that, that quotation. Um, well, yeah, um, I mean, we go on, Charlie. Sorry, no. I, I mean, you say the word available, and I think that that is probably the biggest positive that we we we, we can put above Tian Sherman is the fact that he will be available <laughs> every single. No, no, he, he will be available for every single game of the season, and I don't think you can under. I don't think you can undervalue it. I mean, you, but you both laugh. But I don't think you can undervalue it. I mean. You look at you, you look at a team like Sale Sharks, for example. Rob Dupree has really fitted in well in, in in their team. He's one of these South African guys who's who's a good, solid player, and he'll be he'll be he'll be available for them week in, week out, and he's he'll be a bloke that we can rely on for years to come. I hope. I mean, yeah. if he and uh, or or else. If he does end up being called up for South Africa, and uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not really sure he's he's on the South African radar. Well, then we've, we've, if he does, sign. then we, we, we've got signing. a very good signing on our hands. Yeah, yeah so it's a good point. But I think that Reese Priestland's always available, Charlie. Like the guy was top point scorer last season, played pretty much every minute of every game because we didn't have a backup flight half, and yet we've still been calling for for for, for a different option. So you know, I, I take your point. Oh, he was going to be called up by. Pivac, this this Six Nations ball, but he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't meet meet the minimum and cap requirements. So, I mean, look at it how you will. He he wasn't he, you know if it was Pivac's uh, decision, he wouldn't be available. Uh, and it's interesting, isn't it? You say years to come, Charlie, but but this guy's twenty nine years old and he signed an eighteen month contract. 
Now, if if this if he was if if they believed he was the second coming, then there's no way they're going to give him an 18 month contract. So it just and even in the the press release, the name Orlando Bailey is mentioned. So it just seems to me like six months with Priestland battling for that tension. Then if Priestland leaves, which is widely reported, as you say, Charlie, back to, to Cardiff Blues, then one more year on that contract to, again, nurture Orlando Bailey. And then finally, we might see kind of the 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 the, the, um, the shirt handed to Orlando Bailey on a, on a full basis. Because I just think 18 months, that kind of shows what they really think of this guy. I think from their point of view, it's probably also a wait and see as well. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, mean, but I think I think gone. No, no, I just, I mean, it's. Yeah, yeah. I hear, I hear what you're saying. I think it's a bit. Uh, I, I look. I think you can, you, you can. Everyone sees straight through Stuart Hooper's comments. I mean, it's not. Yeah, he was definitely not top of the list when they when they wrote down all of the tens that they'd like to sign um, a year ago. Uh, you've listed plenty of names, Gabriel. But I think he he's a player who will it will certainly it could be a good squad player for us for I mean he's on an eighteen month contract as you say but that could well be extended if, if mm. he if he performs well um, and he's the type as I just said he's the type of player I would I personally uh, would quite like to have around the squad if he if if he turns out to be you know, to, to, to live up to some of some of the clips that I've seen mm. I mean albeit from a highlight reel. Um, if he's Butch James, then then fair play to, to Stuart Hooper, and 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 that'd be fantastic. But um, yeah, I, I, I think from my point of view, it, it certainly appears to be a, a kind of wait and see. Um, it, obviously, a lot of experience in top fourteen and in France. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, I'm happy that we've got someone else through the door. But am I bowled over by who that person is? No, no. no I think I, I think to your point though, G. Like. I agree this does feel like they're paving the way a little bit for Bailey but even when we get to the end of next season when his contract's up let's assume that Priestland's also left we'd then at that point be left with just one fly half which we know is not a, a tenable position for a squad to have so I think that they need they are looking longer term than the end of the end of next season whether that means that this guy will be playing second fiddle to Bailey and how quickly that happens uh, you know I'm, I'm not really sure I think that would depend on on this guy and and what he brings and also Bailey, um, but I'm you know I'm a little bit more more positive than you are. I think it's quite common for guys to be brought um, over to English clubs from abroad and not sign two, three, four year contracts. It's the big life change they have to make. It's pretty uncertain times with um, with clubs and with salary caps being reduced as well. Um, and so I think it, it, it's very difficult for clubs to to sign and for players to sign really long term deals. So. I think let's let's wait and see. We don't know what the t- whether the you know the, the time taken by Hooper has been to to really try and nail someone that he thinks is good, or has been because he's exhausted um, every other option. But um, you know, as I say, I'm 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 personally willing to to, to give this guy a try, and and who knows, um, you know, it could be um, you know he he could kind of feel that Butch James um, kind of mould. You, you know, you never know. God let's hope. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful too. Although the negative side to this is the fact that they, it, it kind of sends a message that they aren't going to be putting their faith in Orlando Bailey in, yeah, really this season. I don't, I don't really see it. I mean, that's that's the message it, it, it sends. Well, he's, he's not in the senior squad. Orlando not, Bailey's ready. He's not in the senior squad, so I, we kind of already know that. No, yeah, but I mean, I, ju- I just think you know. It, 
if you, if, if you could have thrilled enough. Sorry, Charlie, but you're saying that my um, surprise package of the season, Orlando Bailey, probably isn't going to come true. <laughs> Boy, probably not. <laughs> you didn't say. You didn't say which season. Well, no, correct. Um, yeah, and, and I think just finally on this, I think this is it, this feels quite a big move for Hooper because it's so well. Um, it's been so well reported that we are, have been had this extensive search for a fly half. This then for me becomes a really big kind of marker for Hooper that this it does feel like it's going to be his guy and 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 as the director of rugby, as a non-coaching director of rugby, he really needs to get these sorts of big decisions for the club right. So yeah, a lot of pressure I think on on, on this decision. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm hopeful that he's going to offer something different in in attack. And yeah, we keep saying Butch James, but if he's half as good a player as Butch James was, then um, then then he's definitely going to be a better option than than what we've currently got. Um, let's move on to another uh, South African through the door boys at Farley House uh, reported today, Tuesday, as we record that, um, Jacques Detroit, the 27 year old hooker also from the cheetahs has signed. Uh, he arrived on this Sunday, uh, just gone and he will now have the 14 day isolation period. So don't expect to see him in the, uh, in the extremely near future. Um, but Tom, is this another wait and see for you on this guy? No, it's, it's a strange one. I don't, I don't think necessarily hooker is an area that we, you know, we need to be, we need to be strengthening. I mean, obviously Tom Dunn's not made the, the England squad as we'll come on to. So he's, um, and he's indestructible. So he, he, he's basically available every week. Jack Walker, they put a lot of faith in him. He signed a long-term deal uh, last year. So again, he's, he seems to be the second choice. And then we've still got Ross Batty. So um, it seems a little bit of a, a little bit of a strange one. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a kind of, I'm not, I'm not. I don't, again, don't know too much about about this guy, so I'm not sure where he'll he'll fit into the the, the pecking order. Um, but again, it's it's kind of to your point, Charlie. You know, it, it does seem like Bath are looking down the South African route um, in the same way that that other clubs like Sale and, and Gloucester have in in seasons gone by. And I think that's because they offer they offer pretty good value, particularly now that they can still be eligible for their their international country. Um, and to, to be honest, they're just they're just hard as nails, so they'll they'll get stuck in. They'll be relatively um, robust and 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 play, be able to play and keep up with the you know the schedule of, of rugby um, that that's so intense. Um, yeah, but nothing yeah. nothing from me particularly specific to say about this guy. Obviously, only announced today, um, but but you know seems to have decent pedigree looking at his record. Yeah, and yeah. and Charlie, I, sorry Charlie, I'll just set you up here. I, I don't think it's necessarily opinion you've voiced too strongly on this podcast, but I think it is certainly one that you've voiced to myself and Tom over text. Is that you're maybe not that pleased with the progress Jack Walker has made uh, in a Bath shirt over over the last two years? As Tom says, a lot of trust and a lot of faith put in this guy. But are you are you seeing the development that you'd want to? Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I've I've not voiced it on the podcast. Probably for a reason that I'm still kind of uh, biting my tongue on. Uh, on feels like feels like the jury's been out for ages, though, Charlie. Uh, yeah, no, it has been. Yeah, it has been, and I suppose yeah, I've, I've not, I've not really been blown away by how I expected him to kick on over recent years. Like he's, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but I was sort of hoping that he'd be he'd be pushing the likes of Tom Dunn for that for that two jersey. But I mean, he's he's he seems pretty solidified in that. Yeah, in 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 that number two role, and I don't know necessarily if, if if it means that if this signing is suggesting that I don't know to, to me it suggests more that perhaps Ross Batty isn't 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 going to be 
is he going to be around in in yeah in in, in yeah. the next twelve months? Perhaps he'll he'll be he'll be sent on his way. I'm I'm not I'm not really sure. And perhaps they yeah they are going to install some more trust in in uh, in Jack Walker. Perhaps they're planning for Tom Dunn to be involved with England a bit more than he is. But um, yeah, I was I was I was a bit, I was a bit surprised by it, especially with all this talk about you know. Bath wanting to be fifty percent homegrown by well, it was two years ago. It was by twenty twenty one. Now they're publishing that it's by twenty twenty three, and I think in two years' time it'll be by twenty twenty five. I'm I'm not quite sure because uh, yeah, they they seem to be you know uh, yeah they're definitely yeah, not working with Tom before you come in 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 the press release. And I'm probably reading too much into these press releases, but it's pretty much the only communication we get from from the club at the moment. Uh, it says Hooper is building a squad with a core of passionate homegrown men, as you say, Charlie, the 50% homegrown, interspersed with world-class talent. And the signing of Jacques Tatoy is further reinforcement of his strategy. So, boys, we've signed a world-class hooker. If that's have, they, have they got the wrong Tatoy? <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 yeah, I mean, if it's Peter Steph, then yes, I'm all ears. But uh, this, this didn't really, um, uh, yeah, this didn't really get, get my hair standing um. at the end. Must have been uh, must have been pretty bad handwriting on the visa for uh, for this guy to to to, to go in. But, um, I think yeah, I think I think it's a strange one. It's, it's such a tough balancing act for for clubs. You know, with the salary cap going down, um, that means you know squad sizes are inevitably going to fall because players' wage demands are you know are, um, are pretty sticky. So um, the you know the the implication of that is that when you lose a lot of players to international duty, as we do. You are you are left short, and you know that's why clubs have, um, like Sale, have 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 looked abroad for those players that will play every week, um, especially as you know academy credits, as we know, aren't as generous as as some clubs would like. So it's a difficult balancing act. But yeah, um, it doesn't. This does seem to be a little bit at odds um, with 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 that particular comment. And um, I think just just on your point, Charlie, on Jack Walker, I I, I agree. I think the jury the jury is very much still out somehow. I think he he doesn't quite know in my mind like what type of hooker he he wants to be yet. Um, he sort of looks comfortable with ball in hand, um, but you know he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't really um, uh, he doesn't really sort of get himself involved um, you know out wide or or in the back line like guys like um, you know, Dane Coles or Cody Taylor might do in, in that kind of mold or Jamie George. Um, his tight his game in the tight isn't as anywhere near as solid as someone like. Um, Tom Dunn, for example. Um, so I, I just think he needs to um, try and work out what type of what type of player that he's going to be, um, and then really basically try and try and commit to that because I think he's he's kind of in in no man's land at the moment in some ways. Yeah, just sticking up for for, for, for Jack Walker here. I, I think that he is only 23, 24 years Sorry, old. Gabriel, you you were the one who brought this up. I didn't have a word to say. I mean, <laughs> I, I just know Tom oh, no, quite his corner. <laughs> You just, I just know that you want to press Julian out him in the first place. <laughs> no, yeah, and now I'm going to play Devil's Advocate, of course. Yeah. But he is only 24 years old, so it does feel like he's played an awful lot of rugby. Yeah, mate, he's the same. He was the same um, junior age groups as Charlie Yule's. So, like, he is young. He's 24, but um, he was, you know, he was he was starting hooker in that that team that won the junior world champs with 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 Charlie Yule's, um, and I don't think he's come on as, as as much as Charlie Yules and that's fine but I think he just needs to work out what kind of player he is 
Yeah, I, I do agree. I do agree with, with, with you guys. So um, a bit of pressure for Jack Walker for that 16 shirt. But as you say, Tom, Tom Dunn is uh, solidified in that uh, number two shirt when not, um, when not uh, picked for England, which he hasn't been, which we're going to come on to in just a second, boys. But I just want to make one point here. And, and I don't think I actually even put this in the agenda, guys. But this... Um, uh, Jack DeToy signing really speaks to me about a frustrating lack of communication that, that we've been getting from, from the club at the moment. These two signings of Schumann and DeToy were, were reported, you know, almost confirmed by the press months ago, weeks ago. And yet we continue to kind of wait for, for, for the club to confirm these things. And this speaks to me, just the lack of communication around injuries, around signings in general, around contracts. And I think it's something that, 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 that really has kind of come in more, certainly since uh, Stuart Hooper took over from, from Todd Blackadder and I actually put a tweet out uh, yesterday, guys, asking what the fans wanted us to talk about on this podcast. And, you know, as we still always say, it is by the fans for the fans. And a lot of what we got back was just huge frustrations from people about this lack of communication. You know, I'll read a tweet, for example, from Stand Up Bath, who say, with media outlets reporting player arrivals, departures, and social media showing them, why does the club stay quiet? I'm not sure they understand how important timely updates are or how much it dents the trust between the club and the fans. Just don't get it. You know, and that's a, 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 a Twitter account with 1,500 followers and loads of people coming in contact with us. And it's just hugely frustrating for me. And I completely agree that it, it, it dents the, the trust between the club and, and the fans, which is hugely important, hugely important, particularly right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. It's frustrating. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just gonna, from, from the club's point of view, I mean, they can't, they can't announce a signing until pen's been put to paper. So rumors can go around for ages as, as, as long as you want. And you, yeah, I mean, perhaps they can say, yes, we are talking to him. I'm not sure, but what more do you want? You can't, the last thing you want is them to announce, Oh yeah, we're, we're signing Tian Showman, but he hasn't actually signed the contract, so you can't announce it. I mean, he, arrived in the UK on the, he arrived in the UK on the 6th of January, Charlie. So he, he'd signed the contract yeah. before Christmas. Right. Okay. There's no yeah, doubt about that. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, He's okay. put pen to paper before Christmas. I don't know why it's been so long. A couple of the guys on the... I saw a post on the supporters club that um, one of the guys who got in touch with him directly... Um, on social media, and he'd confirmed in the new year that he'd signed the contract. Um, and so, like, there's just is just no communication. Um, it's a shit show, uh, and it, it's um, I don't know. It's weird. Bath have adopted different approaches, haven't they? I mean, when we had the big, um, you know, the big outflow of players when we made that um, big recycling of players, they we we knew about Atwood and and a couple of others, Foto Lee, but they kind of waited to announce it all together. And it feels like that's their that's their preference. They want these kind of sweeping statements when they can talk about the whole squad and talk about the vision of the club, and that works to some some degree. Um, but I think it undermines trust in fans, like you say, G. Um, when we hear all these rumours, and, and you get the Montpellier um, uh, owner saying that Mercer's signed, and we're all there, particularly me, you know, tearing my hair out, hoping it's not happened, but it probably has, and Bath will announce it. Um, in a few weeks' time, and I agree, and I think um, it, it's kind of Hooper's not particularly transparent when he talks to the press. He's very, you know, media trained, um, and I think um, that you know, for the sake of the, the fans who um, 
uh, you know, the guys who support the club and, and support the club even when um, they don't have games to go to, I think the club should definitely um, take comments like that that you read out, G, on board and and try to be um, try to be a little bit a little bit transparent on this stuff. And it's not just signings, Charlie. I, I understand the no, point. No, is yeah, they, no. they don't want to confirm, but but stuff like injuries. Like I, you mentioned that we used to go to to Farley House when when Todd Blackadder was in charge, and um, it was Dan Evans at the time who was the Somerset uh, Live reporter, and he used to go through his list of um, of players that he would he assumed were unavailable and get an update. Now I don't know whether it's just because there's been a reshuffle at that particular media outlet, or or it's just the reshuffle at the club. But I, I, I just, I, I, I kind of think that, and I get the impression it's the latter from, from, from having kind of monitored this closely on Twitter. But I would just appreciate an update occasionally on some of the players that, that, that are at the club and when we can expect them back. Because we saw that Gabe Hamer-Webb was, was, was due in for leg surgery. Fine, fantastic. Well, let us know how long. And then he appears on the bench in the Wasps game. And it's like, it'd just be nice Fair to have enough. a bit more transparency, yeah. Charlie. No, fair, fair enough. I just mean, I, I don't want to... I don't want to completely lay into the club because only you're only on the, the payroll. Only no, only the club and the players know when these contracts have actually been signed. But I mean, yeah, I I take your point on TNC. Were you the um, were you the were you the wine suppliers for um, <laughs> Craig and James Dyson's uh, booze up in uh, Farley House last week? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on, then, boys. Let's move on to uh, to to talk about the international players that um, have been included in uh, squads from Bath. Um, before we get on to England, then lads, uh, I think perhaps probably the most notable thing to come out of, of the Six Nations squad announcements was that Cam Redpath, uh, Bath's outstanding inside centre, has been picked for. Um, Scotland as opposed to England. England, the squad that he played for at under-20 level and was also picked uh, to go on a tour to South Africa before he ruptured his ligaments in his knee, uh, I think in 2018. So, Charlie, were you surprised based on those two factors that it was Scotland, not England, that, that got Cam Redpath fantastic services? Well, look, I think, Eddie Jones, you have missed out big time. If uh, uh, I mean, look, He's missed out big time. I think England have had a problem with that 12 jersey for a long, long time. Uh, it turns out Owen Farrell uh, is the best 12 uh, that, that England have had for generations and he's a 10. Um, uh, so Cam Redpath, I think, could have, yeah, he, he, could have, he could have been a player that could have played in that 12 jersey for years and years and years to come. But uh, then again... Um, his dad played for Scotland. I think he's he probably feels pretty Scottish, um, uh, perhaps as, as, as part of his roots. And I mean, we, we we've seen it with, with with plenty of players who've they've gone into England camps and then been dropped on the sidelines. I mean, Zach Merce, we've spoken plenty about on this on this podcast. He's a guy who he's kind of had he's he's a one cap, and then he's he's not really been given the light, uh, not been given the time of day um, uh, in Eddie Jones' squad. So. Bartman also feels to me perhaps he wants to go play for Scotland because he knows he'll actually be valued and be one of the best players in in, in, in that Scotland team and end up playing 60, 70, 80 times for Scotland if he carries on in, in, his, in his current form. But um, I guess the positive to take from it, from a Bath point of view, is one, he'll be available this weekend, and uh, and two, um, we, yeah, we, we might get a couple games out of him uh, extra. Than, than we would have done if he was in an England jersey. Mm. Tom, well, I think, how, how, sorry. 
Sorry, Tom. How do you think this is going to affect Bath? Uh, kind of, do you see this as a as a sign that he may uh, eventually sign back into um, a, a Scottish side? I don't think they they have those rules, but I can imagine Gregor Townsend might want to get him in those systems. Yeah, I think that that that's that's a real danger. Um, we saw that kind of well, kind of prior to the Scotland call up with um, with with um, Adam Hastings, um, who, who is at Bath. But um, I think the the flip side to what you're saying, Charlie, is that. By, by nature of him being in the Scotland setup rather than England setup, which is a completely different you know level of rugby, to be honest, it probably means that he's going to be away actually playing in the 23 um, more than he would for England. So it could be another guy that we um, that we're missing for for large parts of the of, of the season. And I think yeah, more generally, you know, I'm I'm really I'm always always really happy when 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 the Bath players get um, the you know an international call up, and I think he is. He's deserved of it. Um, but I, I didn't really enjoy the, some of the language that Townsend was using around it being kind of a capture, um, you know, and I think you could, you could make the same point with, with Eddie Jones, with, you know, with, uh, with Paolo Dogu, with, with Italy kind of sniffing about. Um, yeah, I, I think I don't particularly enjoy it when you see these players picked purely so they can be capped um, and then they're off, they're kind of locked into to that. I don't think he is, um, What's that? I don't. I don't think that's the case with Cam Redpath. But I mean, well, we'll see. Th- we'll see. Um, there's been examples yeah. of players. I mean, um, I'm trying to think. Oh, well, I guess Gary Graham being one of them. But you know, there's, there's been examples of players that have have, have been brought in, played, uh, been capped, and then not really, and then you know, sat on the sidelines because they're only brought in to be to be capped in the first place. And I'm not saying that's the case with with Redpath, um, but I would I would hate to see that uh, that be the case. Uh, I've watched I've watched Scotland and I've watched Cam Redpath, so I'm 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 guessing that he's going to feature a fair bit for them because uh, yeah. yeah they could definitely do with a player like him. He's been fantastic, and I, I think he'd be in with a shout of, of challenging for that uh, England 12 shirt. I've been hugely impressed with him. So um, yeah, I agree that it, it, it's 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 disappointing because we are going to see uh, well see a lot less of Cam Redpath when these uh, international squads um, get announced. Uh, looking at the other international squads. Adds uh, Talupi Falatau to Wales, but as you say, Charlie, both him and Redpath will be available for this game against Bristol. And then looking at the England guys, then Tom, um, Will Stewart, Benno Urbano, Anthony Watson, uh, and Sam Underhill were the original four selected. Since then, Joe Launchbury has pulled out, which has meant Charlie Yules has been promoted to the, the squad. Uh, and Sam Underhill today, Tuesday, has withdrawn due to injury. I guess out of those five guys, Tom, who do you think is going to be the biggest loss for Bath over this Six Nations period? It's a tough one. Um, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably have to go with, with Ben Urbano, actually. Yeah. I think in, in terms of the, just the form that he's showing... Lewis Boyce, uh, you know, a, a class player as we know, but he has been um, probably the standout player this season, along with along with Cameron Redpath um, and Ben Spencer. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be him. But I think the you know the by the same token, um, I'm really excited for 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 Benno um, because he's going to get a real run. You know, J- Joe Marler pulling out of the squads um, for for family reasons, kind of picks and chooses which which uh, which which tournaments he gets involved in. Um, but um, uh, Ben Urbano is the beneficiary of that. And it seems like with, with Marco Vunapola um, uh, not playing, or, or injured, sorry, that he'll be in that 17 shirt, um, you know, um, deputising for Ellis Genge. So he'll get some proper game time in the international shirt, um, which will only 
um, reap dividends for for Bath as he gets that top level experience. What? So you're saying he's you know he's guaranteed to get 30 seconds off the bench on the 79th minute, as, as Eddie seems to do with uh, with, with all these players. But um, yeah. no, I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm just joking. I mean, hopefully he'll he'll get a decent run out. Um, and yeah, it would be good. It'd be it'd be good to see him pull on pull on in jersey. He deserves it. He's been a phenomenal player. Albeit, I am quite disappointed that he's not going to be around. Um, Bath uh, over the next couple of weeks because uh, he is a quality, quality player. The, the only other thing on the injuries, oh, like it's so annoying. I swear England tend just just take our players and then just just injure them. And Sam Underhill, obviously, I, I don't know how serious that was because it was only. I, I'm not sure. It's only a couple of weeks. Okay, but, I mean, Joe Thakkarasiga. I know he doesn't deserve to be in on form, but it annoys me so much the way that England treat some of these young players. You know, it's take him to the World Cup, injure him. Don't tell Bath. Um, comes back off the World Cup, bad knee injury, 16 months rehabilitating, comes back not in form, um, understandably with the type of player he is, as we've, we've spoken about. And then he's kind of discarded, not in the shadow squad, um, which it would have been no skin off Eddie Jones' um, nose to put him in the, um, in that shadow squad, bit of experience. I think being at Bath probably better for his development, um, but it just, it just leaves a bit of a bitter taste um, when, you, when, you, when, you, you know, when, you, when you think about kind of instances um, like that um, so I hope that gives him kind of renewed bit of ambition um, and it's kind of the fire in his belly that he needs to to get back to the form that he was in mm. and you wonder why Cam Redpath chose Scotland over England um, I think I agree with you boys about Abane but I think the other one is Will Stewart but the, the, both of them together it is a huge loss for, for, for Bath for the next six weeks and it, it, a big pressure now falls on those replacement guys so Christian Judge uh, Lewis Boyce Tian, uh, not Tian Schumann um, Juan Schumann and uh, uh, the other backup props have got a huge responsibility now to step up in the in the shadow of, of, of these guys to to, to, to kind of cement the fact that we've got a backup front row because it has felt like those two have been so important. We've seen that Ben Urbano has played full 80 minutes at times. So an opportunity for these guys to, to step up and one that I'm interested to see, but also kind of a little bit worried about it because I think it was showing us to be one of the strengths of our game in that post-lockdown season. And this season it hasn't been quite up to there. And now we're further dented with these two England call-ups. Yeah. Okay. Last bit of news, boys, before we get on to the um, the Bristol preview, and that is. Oh, we're not going to. We're not going to mention JJ quickly. Go on. Well, I was just going to say it's. I had it noted down. It's a bit kind of seems a little bit um, bit strange that he's he's kind of not made the squad. I think he's been in almost. I think every Eddie Jones squad that I can remember, fifty-one caps. Um, and it's strange, you know, Eddie Jones picking on on kind of more form than than pedigree as he has done with some of these these selections so um you know again maybe it's impetus he needs um or maybe more cynically Paolo Adogu has been preferred to him to get him capped um before Italy do the same but um as I say hopefully um uh you know we start to see um the best of JJ um Burnley give him the ball but I just thought we should mention him yeah, and I think, sorry, just to go back to this, but I think on a more global point, only having, you know, originally four, now five players, is certainly, you know, two or three fewer 
than we normally have. And just looking ahead to the Bristol game, for example, with them having three in that uh, in in that squad and a couple in other international squads, that balance is starting to even out. And boys, I'm afraid we may have to stop using that as an excuse soon. So um, bear that in mind. Tom, you mentioned JJ, one a guy, a guy that we crave to get more ball in his hands, uh, and Bath maybe making a move in the backroom staff to to get that to make that happen. Uh, Neil Fisler at the the rugby paper reported that Bath will move on. From from attacks coach Gervin Dempsey and replace him with David Williams, a guy who spent 18 months uh, as an academy coach in, in 2012 to 2014. Charlie, we've spoken about maybe needing a change in this area. Uh, with that in mind, were you happy to see this report? Obviously, nothing confirmed yet. Well, obviously nothing confirmed, but look... Yeah, I mean, I think there definitely needs to be a change in that attack coach role, and you know, I, I'm 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 open to anyone who wants to who wants to fill out. I honestly, I've, I've <laughs> want to go. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've 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 sort of lost lost my patience with Gerwin Dempsey, and we mentioned it plenty of times in this podcast. I I don't really think we need to talk too long about it to be honest, because I think it's pretty obvious we can't score a set piece. We've been waiting for three years to do so, and we haven't. So you know we're 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 bottom of the league in 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 so many statistics in terms oh, of man. average carries per game, uh, kind of yeah, the, 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 yeah. I just I, all, all we rely on is I mean if if it wasn't for Ben Spencer we'd probably be bottom of the league in every single attacking stat. But um, he seems to manage to score one or two tries every single game. So uh, yeah, he's 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 perhaps I mean. I'm I'm being harsh, but yeah, you know, he's 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 perhaps kept Gerwin Dempsey around for um uh, for, for a few extra weeks. Hey, but, yeah. Without Ben Spencer, number one on the agenda would be ring fencing, would it? <laughs> <laughs> perhaps. But yeah. Tom, what do you make yeah, of that, it? That, that's where I stand on it. So Tom. Yeah. Yeah. I um it's it's very difficult to pin blame on um on whether it's it's Dempsey or whether it's you know the players. Um but ultimately he is the he is the backs coach, so the buck has to stop with him. Um and you know, to this season, as as you're saying, Charlie, fewest carries, fewest passes, fewest offloads, fewest clean breaks, and second fewest meters per game and defenders beaten in the league. And you know, those stats are just crude numbers. Um, but this is a guy who was brought in from Leinster. Um, you know, on um, on a mandate to um, bring back the 2014 kind of attacking team that we had with all his pedigree as a player and coach at Leinster. Um, and, and for whatever reason, it hasn't happened. So um, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's, it's an increasingly cutthroat business. And I think, I think that change would be, would be welcomed by, by bar fans. Um, and, and, you know, as you say, this guy um, not only had time with Bath, but that followed, um, I think, a longest in the London Irish um, after which he brought across players like JJ, Anthony Watson, uh, Tom Homer, um, Matt Garvey, who's obviously gone on to do great things as well. So, um, uh, you know, he, he's got he's got experience um, during um, the era, <laughs> during um, that 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 period when we were really successful. So, hopefully, he brings that um, some of that experience back with him from Japan. Uh, yeah, and he's, I think he's friends with, with Neil Hatley, uh, Tom, who's obviously the head coach at Bath, friends from, yeah. from maybe London Irish and then Bath days, as you say. And I did a bit of digging on this, boys, because, uh, yeah, let's face it, we have nothing else to do. And um, when he left Bath, um, 
Williams, David Williams. He spent some time in South Africa and spent some time with the Cheetahs uh, in oh. around 2018. And I believe it's difficult to tell exactly if there's a crossover, but I think there is a crossover between David Williams as backs and attack coach for the Cheetahs and Tian Schumann as fly half for the Cheetahs. So there we go. It all fits together, fellas. That's, uh, that's Illuminati confirmed, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, let's move on, boys, to talk about uh, the West Country Derby against Bristol. I think we're allowed to call this one a West Country derby. Um, there's always a little bit of stuff, weird stuff on Twitter about how many West Country derbies there are, but pretty sure this one's close enough. Um, and as, you, as we mentioned earlier, miss myself and Charlie were on the Bears Beyond the Gate podcast earlier in the week. So, Tom, with that in mind, I'm, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are uh, on this game. Yeah, I thought I, I really enjoyed the, um, the interview you guys had with um, with Pete. Um, I thought uh, maybe at times you guys were, were more generous than 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 I would have been. Um, you know, um, obviously it's a um, you know what you might call a flash in the pan. Their their form and the money they've had injected into them um, of late. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm only, but they you know it's it's the it's the story of two teams that um, you know one completely full of confidence kind of doing anything they like, really, beating the the double um, champions away relatively comfortably. And then a team um, with more pedigree, with more international class and experience, um, but um, lacking the form. And um, I keep having nightmare visions, boys, of that kind of passive corner-flagging defence um, that we've we've seen this season from Bath. Um, and I think if, we, if, if our defence is a lot more aggressive... Um, and we don't close them down a lot better. Um, yeah, as I say, I can I can um, I can picture visions of Randrandra and Charles Piatau, um, you know, cutting through that like a like a hot knife through butter. So um, yeah, not not looking forward to this one. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be a it'll be a slight it'll be a, it'll be a torturous experience. I think watching this one on 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 Friday night. Yeah, I'm sort of with you, Tom. Um, uh, yeah, I think. They don't, I mean, they lose a few players to internationals, but not many. Um, uh, and now there's talk of Sheedy being about, I think that was the main talking point, was going to see where uh, whether you and Lloyd could actually manage the game at 10, because uh, it was looking like that's where he was going to be playing. But it's been confirmed that Sheedy will be available if Palace play. Um, so if he chooses to do that, then it'll be a pretty much full strength side. Uh, aside from uh, Sinclair, who's got, who's kind of, he's had, he's been cited. He's got a ban, and Harry Randall who seems to be off with. Uh, well, he's well, not seems to be. He is off with the England squad, and uh, yeah, I mean the likes, the likes that they've got in that back line from Semi Rajrada to um, yeah, Semi Rajrada to. Uh, Charles Pietau, Luke Morahan, is uh, Stephen Alargo, who's he's, he's joined. I mean, they they Piers O'Connor are rates so highly. Um, I think they've got some really good players in that back line, and they it could be a torrid day. But then again, I I sort of I sort of highlighted that you know while they, while their defence has been, I mean, especially the performances against Exeter, their, their defence was very was very strong. But I, I, you know, you look at the score lines they've put up this season. Teams have been scoring between sort of fifteen, twenty points against them. So you know, perhaps we can actually get some, some some backs moves together and actually get some points on the boards. Maybe we just got to look to to Ben Spencer. Maybe we can sneak something. I don't know, but I'm not feeling confident. Yeah. Mate, I've got the I've got I've got I've got the remedy just before we pass the UG. They've only lost once um, this season. 
Um, and, you know, after I've just um, reeled out the attacking stats of, you know, the attacking prowess of, of Bath this season, the only time they've lost is when Clement put 51 points on them. So, um, uh, and, and they scored 38 themselves. So it's just a question of, um, you know, probably doubling our try tally for the season um, and um, and sticking 50 points in the way, I reckon. Well, we scored 44 points last time out. <laughs> Not far away, mate. Not far away. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I think kind of what you're referring to there, Charlie, is that the non-England squad internationals will be available for this game. So yeah. Callum Sheedy available for, for Bristol feels huge because, yeah, he really does get their backline ticking. And if there was a younger guy in there, maybe we could exploit that and kind of stop the the, the backline attack from, from kind of the source. But with Sheedy available, that's going to be even more difficult. I think, you know, it, it's going to be difficult because the way they played against Exeter. Like we've spoken a few times when we lose to Exeter that it sometimes looks a little bit like Bath are trying to play in a similar way to Exeter, but just nowhere near as good, nowhere near as well drilled, nowhere near as confident in what they're trying to do. And if Bristol can do that to Exeter proper, then against this Bath side, they want to play like Exeter, but aren't as good. It's going to be extremely difficult. But if I'm going to highlight a few areas where I think we may be able to get the edge, no Carl Sinclair in that front row is big for them. And I know we haven't got our front two uh, props, which makes it really difficult. But can we get a nudge up front with our, with, 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 in the scrum and in the mall? Keep it tight, keep the ball away from, from, from the respective back lines. Might be a good option. And then the battle of the scrum halves. I, I think that's a huge advantage for Bath. Harry Randall is, is, is far better than Andy Uren. And, and no Harry Randall for... for, for um, for Bristol and a hugely motivated Ben Spencer. That's a huge area. So if we can win that battle and if we can win the, uh, the forward battle and maybe a bit of magic from, 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 from Sian's human off the bench, then, uh, you know, am I mad, Tom? Am I mad? Oh, I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> it's just the, it's okay. just so hard to predict. I'm trying not to think about it. I'm, I'm trying not to think about it to be honest with you. Look, Gabriel, whatever you've been smoking, I want some because <laughs> <laughs> it would certainly take the edge off it, not just being a bar supporter, but just life in general at the moment. <laughs> oh, come on, you've got to look at it with, with optimistic glasses. And, you know, I think I've bemoaned almost every day over the past month that um, I wish the pubs were open. But, Tom, as two people that live in Bristol, I think this is actually one day where I'm quite glad that I could, I have to kind of not see anyone that, um, that, that would want to watch this game with me and, and go to a, a pub in Bristol yeah might be pretty bleak on, on, on Friday night yeah I mean, who knows, we, though, we, who knows? sorry Tom what are you saying I was going to say you know we need we need this watershed moment it's coming around the corner at some point it may not be Friday but um, uh, it is coming and um, who knows some of those points you raise I think we can we can potentially get the nudge on up front Um you know, Dave Atwood. Dave Atwood do something silly and get a red card. Uh, you know, a couple of a couple of go our way early doors, um, and 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 who knows? Uh, be very interested to see what they what they do squad squad selection wise. Um, I think this this latest outbreak we spoke about may mean that we don't see Tian Skuman um, in the in the ten shirt. Um, but um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see um, to, to see what they do as far as that goes. Yeah, I mean, at, at the same time with the current COVID cases, I think COVID actually could could play a part um, in the uh, in no no I mean uh, as in I think it, it could play a part in the fact whether Sheedy actually does return to the Bristol squad or not. I mean, 
with, with, with so many yeah, with with so many cases being recorded being reported across across the country, will they actually want people going back and forth between different squads, or will they just say, "Look, I, I, I don't I don't want to risk having having someone have, who's been away with, in Wales playing with all these other people training with them during the week, and then coming back into my squad just to risk bringing some COVID in." I mean, perhaps they'll just they'll just decide to stick with the current squad that um, that's going to be about for the next. Yeah, through the Six Nations period, rather than actually drawing upon these uh, the, the, these international players during these fallow weeks or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen. Sorry, Charlie, we haven't seen Pat Lamb's opinion on this, obviously. But Stuart Hooper, in his press notes today, just before we came on, did say that he expected both Cam Redpath and Talupi Falatel to be involved on Friday. So clearly, from from Hooper's point of view, they are going to be involved, and uh, and kind of he trusts the the the, the, the testing procedure uh, in both clubs. But yeah, it, it's a genuine concern, of course, it is because we've seen that that the, the, these clubs that have the outbreaks only then go and get two points. It is a genuine concern, and and maybe Pat Lamb sees the, the 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 bigger picture in this sense. But um, yeah, the, the team selections will will be fascinating, guys. Yeah, I mean, so if we're going to put a scoreline on it. Um, yeah, uh, any points from the game, I would probably, I'd probably take uh, right now. But um, yeah, let's. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, st- I'll stick with my original prediction that I did uh, in the Bears Beyond the Gate podcast, which was uh, unfortunately a, a narrow Bristol victory, somewhere around. I know. Let's be hopeful for twenty four twenty. But you know, uh, obviously, um, anything could happen. I can't. I can't bring myself to predict a Bristol win. So uh, <laughs> I have to. Go, I have to contradict everything I've just said um, and go. I'm going to go for an absolute snooze fest. <laughs> Horrible conditions um, down um, just outside, just south of Bristol at the Ashton Gate. Uh, Ashton Gate, um, and I'll go for um, Bath nine, um, Bristol three. <laughs> oh, that would be glorious! I tell you, that would be absolutely Josh, glorious. Tom. Josh, Josh, Josh Matavesi with an 80, 80th minute penalty from the halfway line um, to to take them out of range. I reckon. Yeah, if that, I mean, if that happens, then <laughs> then all bets are off. Uh, yeah, I'll stick to my prediction, like I did on the Bears Beyond the Gate podcast, Tom, and I said twenty eight, twenty seven to Bath. Uh, a guy that's been a little bit quiet this season, Roy McConaughey, to score the winning try in the 80th minute. Um, how about that? How about that for a, for a Friday night? Oh, let's Brilliant, boys. It's been so great talking rugby again with you guys. I really enjoyed it. Um, hope you guys have enjoyed listening to it as well. Um, please follow us across social media at Bath Rugby Plug, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, subscribe, leave a review, a rating if you are enjoying the podcast um, and share it with your friends, please. Um, we need as many Bath fans behind us this Friday night. So share it with your friends, uh, spread the word about the podcast and thank you for listening. We'll be back in our usual slot of recording on Monday evening out Tuesday morning to review that Bears win. So thanks for, for, for listening and stick behind the boys through thick and thin. <laughs>